Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations. Because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID-19, has suspended in-person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook, at Park Ave Baptist, or our Instagram, at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times. And we'll have a reading from Mr. White, um, Isaiah 58, one through nine. Shout out, do not hold back, lift up your voice like a trumpet, announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day, they seek me and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinances of their God. They asked me of righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interests on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you only fast to quarrel and to fight and to strike with the wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call to this a fast, an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? is not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring quickly. Your vindicators shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and, the God, and God will say, here I am. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Marquise, for that reading. We have come to our children's moment, and you know how how love how much I love doing these. Um, but but uh, you know, I always like to start with a question. Um, and I know my kids are not out the bed hardly yet. Um, but for those of you who'll be watching this later on. Let's dig, or uh, watching it now, let's dig into our useful spirit. And I'll ask this question um, as we uh, review the scripture this morning. As a child, and I already know the answer to this, as a child, 
Did you ever deny yourself any candy or sweets or that hot, that cold ice cream in the summer when your parents say, yeah, hey, little Henry, come on, get some of this ice cream. Did you ever say, no, mom, I'm fasting. I need to focus on uh, finishing this reading that you required me to read today. Have any of you ever did that as a child? Uh, yeah, I, I get. I, I guess not. No, no. We 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 didn't understand that as a child. Um, but our scripture this morning talks about fasting, denying yourself of something that you may long for, may want, um, all that you also that you may focus on something else or focus on. Um, as Pastor Daniel speak to us this morning, focus on justice, focus on issues um, that matter. Um, and in this, in the scripture this morning, these individuals were fasting, uh, but they were fasting for the wrong reason. Uh, they were fasting for themselves, for sure. They were fasting not to uh, get closer to God or to uh, unify with those amongst them in the community, but it was just for show. It was just to check something off the box to say, hey, I'm fasting. Look at me. I'm a high religious person. I'm trying to get close to God. Um, but in our scripture this morning, it speaks towards the fact that if you're going to be fasting, uh, and Pastor De uh, Daniel talked about this morning, um, there should be some on the flip side of that, some type of nourishment for your spirit, for your soul um, that allows us to better connect with the people around us. Um, and our scripture speaks towards that. If you're fasting, but there are still those around you who are hungry and those of you who don't see the same, who don't see the same type of justice, then that should be our main focus. If you're going to be fasting, then fast for a purpose. Fast for the purpose to get closer to those in your community, to love those in your community more. And if you're not doing that, if you're fasting, then you go back being the same individual, doing the same thing that you did previously, then what would your fasting be for? It was all in, it was all in vain. Um, so, young people, I know you may never deny yourself that popsicle or that piece of candy or that um, ice cream that your parents try to give to you. Um, but let's understand as we grow older and as we are now um, still in our youthful mind, if we're going to be fasting, if we're going to be denying ourselves or anything, let on the flip side of that, our spirit be nourished um, that connects us closer with each other and love each other. Amen. Let us pray this morning. Um, God, we thank you for our little people. Um, we thank you for their spirit. We thank you for their joy, um, something that we all try to hold close to us as we grow older. Um, we thank you for community. We ask that the scripture this morning, that the word that is being preached by um, Pastor Daniel, that it connects with us and our spirit, um, that we realize that it's most important that we love each other, that we connect with each other, um, that we care about each other. Um, and that's in Jesus' name that we do pray our African Messiah. Amen. Well, amen. Good morning, friends. I'm delighted to be with you this morning. Um, thank you for praying for us, um, Henra. Uh, my name is Daniel Bass. I'm one of the deacons here at this church. I use he, him pronouns, um, and it is really my pleasure to get to preach to you this morning. Um, it's kind of my favorite thing to do, uh, surprisingly, because, um, you know, it's not easy work, but it's important work. Um, I'm going to start by praying for us um, just one more time, because, you know, you can't ever pray too much. Um, and I'm also probably going to sing a lick of something because Charmaine yells at me when I don't sing. Um, so, you know, pray and sing with me as you're able. Most loving 
wonderful near God, um, God who wears a human body and knows um, human hunger and what it feels like to have that hunger filled. Uh, we ask that you be close to us in every place where we are hungry and every place where um, we are sated, Lord, and that you would speak to us, speak to us in the ways that you want us to hear this morning. Um, would you humble me? Would you get me out of the way so that anything you might want said is said? God, we ask for your nearness, your presence to be felt, to be tangible, um, that we might remember how to nourish ourselves in your presence and be restored for the work of building up your loving kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting in my soul. Bread from heaven. Feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up and make me whole. Amen. Okay, I'm gonna minimize this so I can see the things I wanna say to y'all. Um, and so if I go off the rails or you lose me because of the internet, somebody flail frantically so I can see you. Um, so this morning, we are in a sermon series where we are talking about those spiritual practices that um, sustain us, that nourish us, that energize us um, for life with God. Um, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. We're not trying to like load you down with things that, um, you know, are like new and innovative. We're doing the things that our ancestors and those who've gone before us have found to, to work. We're going to the tried and true things. Um, and so I am going to kind of give you a heads up that we are going to be talking about um, a particularly, uh, it's not anyone's favorite practice. We are going to be talking about fasting this morning. I also want to talk a little bit about feasting. Um, but before we do that, I want to start um, with sharing some things about child Daniel with you. So some of you may already know this, um, and some of you may able to be able to tell this as soon as I tell you, but... Um, for those who don't know, I was an absolutely spoiled, rotten, only child. I'm talking like got everything I ever wanted, um, never really got disciplined for much of anything. Um, I've told this to people a lot of times that, you know, I have to keep, keep confessing my sin. When I was a child, I went to Dairy Queen every single day after school. Every single day, my mama took me to Dairy Queen and I got a dip cone. And then when I got a little older, I graduated, started getting me a blizzard. Um, but it was literally every day. I texted my mama a few months ago. I said, mama, did you actually take me to Dairy Queen every single day? And she replied back, even when you were bad. <laughs> so this is, this is how we got to here, y'all. Um, I also went to the comic book store every single week and got a stack of comics. When I got a little older, we went to Borders Books and Music, RIP, um, and I got a CD every single weekend. 
um, except for one weekend when I was really, really put in an impossible position because Mariah Carey and Janet Jackson both had new CDs. Um, so that week I got both, praise God. Um, so the kind of spirit of indulgence has been on my life for a really long time. But when I was a kid, I can count on one hand, maybe the number of times that I got spanked. Spanking was just not a thing because telling me no was not really a thing. But what I did have was a series of books called the Let's Talk About series. And the Let's Talk About series were these books that kind of let parents have language to have a conversation with their kids about children's behaviors, specifically those behaviors that may be less than ideal. Um, so for any sin that a child could enjoy, there was a so let's talk about. Let's talk about lying, let's talk about stealing, let's talk about disobeying. But the one that I had to read over and over again was one called Let's Talk About Overdoing It. Um, I'm going to share with you the cover of that book and maybe a couple of pages because it's just so illustrative of, of my young life. So here's this little buddy. Um, he looks like probably a five or six year old child. He's surrounded by a mountain of food. He's having a wonderful time. Um, and but for the red hair, this could be a picture of young me. So this is the cover of Let's Talk About Overdoing It. And then I want to show you another page from this book. Here's my little buddy. Um, let's see. He's had too much. He's overdone it. He's sitting there with a tummy ache and he looks drunk off food. And the page says, when you have too much or do too much of one thing, you overdo it. When you overdo it, you often end up hurting yourself or other people. This is because too much of anything can be harmful. And then the next little page shows Buddy after he's learned his lesson. And here he is, you know, just being dapper as he wants to be. He's only had a little bit of food. He's wiping his mouth with his napkin. You can overdo it by eating and drinking too much. Try not to do this. Take only a little bit of food at one time. Eat slowly. Empty your mouth before you put more food into it. Do not eat until you are stuffed. Do not eat too much of any one thing, especially sweets. Now, um, as you can imagine, my reading this book over and over again didn't really change any of my habits. I continued to overdo it. I was and am still someone who was prone to overdoing it, as many of us are. So that brings us to the question of spiritual practices and the practice of fasting. Um, I like to think of spiritual practices as being like medicine. So they're not something that you have to do every single one of every single day in order to be healthy. But we can look at the kind of health of our spiritual life, of our physical life, our thoughts, and say, you know, where, where am I at right now? And what practice might help bring me further into health? So we're gonna talk a little bit about what fasting is and why we do it. Um, and then we'll, and we'll get that out of the way quick so we can move on to feasting because you know I'm trying to overdo it some more. Um, so fasting is abstaining from food and drink. Um, I like to think of it as being hungry on purpose. And fasting is something that's been practiced across time and across faith traditions. Like for millennia, people have done this, um, whether it's the indigenous people of the Americas 
people who practice Hindu faith, Islam, Judaism, Buddhism, you name it, people have been fasting. And I love those moments where science kind of catches up to something that um, religion had already figured out a long, long time ago. So they've begun kind of studying biologically the physical and mental effects of fasting. And it turns out it's actually really, really good for you. So it can help normalize your insulin levels, boost your immune, sy your immune system. It can spur cell regeneration. It can actually make you live longer. Um, so it has all these physical benefits. But the question is, if you kind of add the religious component, if you make it not just about what it does nice for your body, but what it does for your spirit, um, what does fasting as a spiritual practice actually teach us? So I'm gonna to try to blitz through these because like who wants to listen to a 20 minute sermon on fasting? But here's some thoughts about what fasting can teach us. Number one, it teaches us that just because something is uncomfortable doesn't mean that it's bad. So I think we are all prone to shying away from those things that make us uncomfortable and kind of um, filling ourselves and our lives and our time with things that do make us comfortable. When we get hungry on purpose, it reminds us that um, discomfort can actually be the thing that causes change, needed and necessary change. Fasting also intensifies prayer. Um, when you are fasting, it engages your whole body in that which you're praying for and in um, connecting to the one to whom you pray. So fasting is a way of taking our prayers, which are largely in our minds or just in our mouths, and letting them reside in our bodies. We live out our prayer. Fasting also brings compassion and solidarity with the folks around us, around the world who don't have the option of overdoing it. Um, we in the West, in America, live very comfortable lives relatively. And so to engage the practice of fasting is to stand in solidarity with the folks who are not able to um, hoard resources like we do. So in kind of thinking about fasting, um, I started to think about the moments where Jesus brings up fasting in the scriptures. Um, and you've got Jesus in the wilderness where he's tempted by the devil. He spends 40 days and 40 nights fasting. And it is kind of intimated that it's that kind of spiritual power, the spiritual power that comes from fasting that enables him to withstand that temptation. At one point he rebukes the devil and says, um, human beings don't live on, God, on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So we need to think about what it means for God's word to be our sustenance um, over and against kind of this food stuff, stuff, sustenance that we're used to. There's another moment where his disciples are trying to cast out a demon um, from somebody and Jesus says, this kind only comes out by fasting and prayer. So there's this kind of intensifying of your spiritual power when you engage fasting in addition to prayer. Um, my favorite moment maybe is where Jesus's disciples have kind of left him, you know, being really holy and sitting by himself and they come back and they're like, Jesus, we got you some lunch. And he's like, um, I have food you don't know about. And they're like, oh, like who brought Jesus a sandwich? And he's like, no, doofuses. Um, my food is to do the will of God, to do the will of my father is what fills me up, is what nourishes me, is what sustains me. So fasting is a practice that can remind us of what nourishes us. Yes, like I want to overdo it with food every day of my life. However, when I'm hungry on purpose, I can begin to kind of live in harmony with what God loves and what God has created to truly sustain us. Um, the kind of fasting that God requires is not 
um, just for people to be hungry, but it's to really focus on what sustains us. So we're going to come back to that a little bit later. So the first thing I want to do when we're talking about embodied practice, things that we can do is I would like to challenge you and me. So I'm going to do this also. I'm not going to ask you to do anything I wouldn't do. This week, consider skipping a meal one day or maybe go without meat for a day. Find a way to be hungry on purpose and just see what it teaches you. It may only teach you that you are a monster when you don't have food and what a humbling lesson to learn. But it may also teach us um, something of what it means to look to God for sustenance when we are not uh, chasing our bellies and our appetites. All of that being said, um, fasting is a beautiful and essential practice that we have engaged as a church for years and years and years. However, we are in a season right now where we are kind of being compelled to give things up left and right. Um, we are already having to let go of so much that I want to kind of think of the flip side of fasting as being feasting, um, eating with intention. So I, true confessions, used to eat out every single meal of the day. I did not cook any food at home. Um, for real, let's talk about overdoing it yet again. Um, I just, I don't know, I don't know why it's because I'm lazy. Um, but I have been cooking in quarantine in a way that I never have in my entire life. And it has been so much fun because now I'm, you know, I'm wealthy. I've not spent all my money on food night and day. So like your boy's got a little money in the bank. That's cute. Um, but in addition, I found that I really love cooking. Like I'm actually good at it. And, and the meditative aspect of really being um, connected to preparing a meal for folks is um, something I've learned to love. Eating together takes a group of people and kind of makes one out of them. It unifies us. It's why Jesus told us to remember him each time we eat together. It's a way of taking many members and making one body as we take in food together. Dr. Maya Angelou says, you feel special when you cook for others and you feel special when it's done for you. And that is something that I am learning as a 30 something. Um, and so, you know, we all have permission to start somewhere and grow, I always say as a teacher. So I've learned, I've started somewhere a little bit later than everybody else, but I'm learning what a beautiful practice it can be to cook. So if I'm challenging us on the one hand to skip a meal, to kind of adjust our diets to see um, what it means to be sustained by God, I also then want to on the flip side say, how can we eat really deliberately um, so that we are being connected to the earth, to one another, and to the spirit among us. So just as a few more kind of suggestions, and then we're going to engage one of these practices together. Um, one of the things we can do is to eat seasonally. So we as Americans have these big supermarkets where you can get food that's out of season year round. Um, and a way to kind of slow down and live a little bit closer to the land is to eat seasonally. Um, we can also eat communally. So putting away our phones and actually sitting down at a table with people to eat a meal. My family growing up, we ate every single meal in front of the TV. And so the last you know, couple, three, four months sitting down with my roommate and my best friend and making a meal together has been um, 
really rewarding and beautiful and kind of a reminder of why everyone at all times in all places has made almost a sacrament of eating with friends and family. Um, and the last thing I think we can do is to eat mindfully, is to really slow down and to be present to our food. Um, a little bit like our friend learns in Let's Talk About Overdoing It, where if you eat slowly and you are really present to what's happening, um, there are just things that you can learn about how to appreciate um, and be grateful for the good things that we have. So um, I'm going to ask as a little magic challenge here in the middle of everything, that if you're able, everyone who can, please go find something that you can eat a little bit of, a bite of something. It can be a piece of chocolate, it can be hamburger bun, whatever you've got in the not too far away land from you, find something that you can have. So yeah, turn your camera off if you need to, walk around, I'm gonna give you, you know, a minute to go find something that you can eat and we're gonna engage this practice of mindful eating together. All right, I see Narisa's got some peanuts. Kevin's got a very tiny little communion cup, praise God. Henry's got a strawberry, Charmaine's got an apple. I love it, I love it, I love it. Thank you friends for being willing to try this with me. Good morning, Lindsay, you look beautiful. Good to see you, sweet pea. Okay, so if it's more comfortable for you to have your camera off in this time, you're welcome to but I'm going to kind of read through a little mindfulness exercise for us um, to eat together. So I wanted to remind you that this is something that we are doing together. It's something that unifies us and it's a way to um, really become present to that which nourishes us and sustains us because oftentimes I just shove handfuls of food in my mouth and don't even think twice. So with that being said, Begin by connecting to your breath and your body. Feel your feet or your seat connecting you to the ground and notice your experience in this moment. With your awareness in this moment, notice any thoughts, sensations, or emotions you are experiencing. Check in with your thoughts, your sensations, your emotions. Tune into the awareness or sensation that you have in your body of feeling hungry, thirsty, or maybe even feeling full right now. If you were going to eat or drink anything right now, what is your body hungry for? What is it thirsty for? Just pay attention and notice with awareness the sensations that give you this information. Now bring your attention to the item in your hand 
and imagine that you are seeing it for the first time. Observe with curiosity as you pay attention and notice the color, shape, texture, and size. Really look at it like you've never seen it before. Is there anything else that you notice, sense, or feel? Maybe temperature? Now imagine what it took for this bit of food to get to your hands. Sunshine, water, soil, time, processing, shipping, all of those who made it possible for you to have this food. Come get your My dear friend Charmaine, if you could mute your phone, that would be helpful, sweet pea. Okay. You may choose to be aware of gratitude for all of those involved in the cultivation and preparation of this food. You may choose to bring in your own gratitude or spiritual blessing. Now place the item between your fingers and feel the texture temperature and ridges. You may notice smoothness or stickiness. Again, notice if you have any thoughts, sensations or emotions at this time. Continue to breathe and be fully present in this moment. Now take the piece of food and bring it toward your nose and smell with your full awareness. Notice if you have any memories, sensations, or reactions in your body. Even before you eat it, you may notice that you begin to have a digestive response in your body just by noticing and smelling. With full awareness of your hand moving towards your mouth, place the food into your mouth without chewing or swallowing it. Just allow it to be there. Roll it around the different parts of your mouth and tongue. Notice the flavor and texture. Notice the physical sensations within your body, especially your mouth and your gut. Continue to breathe as you explore the sensations of having this food in your mouth. Next, take just one bite and notice the flavor. Notice the change of texture. Then very slowly begin to chew this piece of food and notice the parts of your mouth that are involved in chewing. Notice the sound and movement of chewing as you continue to notice the sensations and flavor. When you're ready, swallow the food and notice its path as it goes from your mouth down your throat to your stomach. Notice the sensation and taste that may linger in your mouth. Connect again to your body and your breath and notice your experience in this moment.
Thank you, friends, for being willing to engage that exercise with me. Go on and finish your food if you would like to at this time. And Darcy is going to put us back in our breakout rooms to discuss how that exercise felt to you. Um, was it strange? Was it new? Was it something you'd done before? What did you notice or feel aware of that oftentimes you are not? Um, and because I'm a teacher, the teacher in me is going to say, why don't we share um, in order, alphabetical order of our first name? That way the quiet folks who are not usually sharers uh, have an order to go in. Hey. Hey. I think that worked. I tried to get the rooms to work out. Lindsay, be in our group. You're muted, Lindsay. All right. Okay, there I am. There we go. <laughs> Hi. Hi. That was tough. Was it tough? Yeah. What was tough yeah. about it? The you had to be patient. Uh-huh. Uh, normally we're not patient in our eating. We go straight to chewing. So when you said just roll it around your mouth, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, but, uh, I know true confessions. I just like immediately chewed mine. <laughs> I was like, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, what did the build up before that feel like, Darcy? Um I mean, it felt like praying before I ate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it felt like taking, I really liked taking the time to say, you know, where did this come from? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, where had it been before? Yep. Um, honestly, I don't do that. I don't do that enough. Yeah. Me neither. I think most of us don't. Lindsay, did anything stand out for you? Um, it reminded me of intuitive eating practices that are used to combat eating disorders, which mm -hmm. I actually was kind of like into, you know, like, you know, let's like think about our food. Let's think about when we're, what our body actually needs right now and what our body, you know, doesn't need right now. And because mm -hmm. um, at first, I'm not going to lie, when I first was looking at that picture, that, you know, cute little chubby child, I was like, oh, this is, this is not good for body positivity <laughs> to be mm -hmm. like, you know. But then I was like, you know, as I was reflecting, I was like, no, this is intuitive eating. And like, you know, um, to, I, I, you know, to always think about like, you know, what am I hungry for? When am I done? Like all this, all those good things. So mm -hmm. um, I, I wish I had brought a little water because my Belvita breakfast biscuit uh, definitely needs some. Oh, <laughs> time I'm to wash it down. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that was good. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for saying that though, Lindsay. I think. Absolutely. Um, for sure. There's like a lot of these stigmas for me that come up when we talk about eating, gratitude, taking time. Yeah. My Grammys say, you need to chew it 30 times yeah. before you swallow. <laughs> that was her way of being, in my mind, like you're eating too fast or yeah. <laughs> insert whatever else crazy things, you know, come into my mind. Totally. Yeah. So I, you know, always being aware of that. Cause I was like, Oh, I want our eating disorder recovery friends to not be like freaking out right now. Um, because you know, when fasting and spirituality can take on, like 
when your spirituality can connect to your eating disorder, you know, that's uh, always like dangerous, but to, I think you framed it well, um, there. So thank yeah. you. As somebody who is, um, has had more than one eating disorder. Um, it's also important for me to make sure that we're telling this kind of history of fasting and how to engage fasting and yeah. food in a way that, um, is all about how to be um, healthy and mindful and present and not to think that starving ourselves is holy <laughs> because because yes. that's not yeah yes absolutely yeah. those yeah. books were wild though oh my gosh child big time <laughs> i um a year or two ago i got let's talk about overdoing it for my mom for uh her birthday i found a copy i found a copy online it was like made in 1982 oh and we I'm got obsessed. a big kick out of it yeah <laughs> love it. i think the smell portion of it too um you know most things we eat if it we're cooking it it has a smell but mm-hmm. you know noticing the strawberries it, i didn't smell it until it got to my nose so mm. you know a lot of what we eat and then that takes on a different you know component when you chew it because right. it's almost like it's in tune at that point so even mm-hmm. the smell component of that uh, practice was, you know, was enlightening. Yeah, mm-hmm. very cool. I was jealous of your strawberries, Henry. I was like, oh, yeah, it looked good. <laughs> hey, like, hey, good. Let me you Mom was here yesterday. She had washed them already, put them in a plastic bag. I'm Amazing. like, okay, these are good to go. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. Maybe I should have gotten something a little. I had like a leftover pancake piece. <laughs> <laughs> and so I turned off my camera. I was like, well, this is like. <laughs> yeah but you were mindful nonetheless (laughs) i tried (laughs) daniel i just love how you uh, characterize yourself as a as a young child it gives me hope for every every young child out there because you're such a lovely human oh my gosh thank you for thinking that um i i always tell people i'm a middle school teacher now because i'm doing penance for what a monster i was when i was 12 and 13 you know that's a characteristic though of teachers often is like they're the children that had trouble i mean let me say good teachers are often the children that had trouble in educate in educational settings mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah my my problem was if i liked a teacher i was a perfect angel to them and if i did not like them i made their life miserable devil child yes yes okay. Um, Darcy, will you call our friends back from breakout sessions? Oh, it looks like as I'm looking at them, the rooms were not very balanced, let's say. Mm. Um, but we're getting better and better at the Zoom thing, aren't sure. we? Sure. <laughs> <Becoming> Zoom masters. <laughs> right? Somehow, and Daniel, you can talk me through this, but somehow it won't let me automatically sort anyone. Uh-huh. Anymore, and now it like I have to assign them. Darcy, will you mute Charmaine? I am. Won't let me. Must be a musical instrument or something. <laughs> I think her voice is the musical instrument. Oh, it's like modulating. Uh, oh, okay. Right. That's a different language. Man. Talking a different language. Hey, Charmaine, mute yourself again. I like that music. Daniel. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. I like that music. It sounded pretty. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. (laughs) It was on purpose. 
When I went into the um, breakout, uh, nobody was there for oh. the second time. I was just noticing. I was with Nikki right. that first time. Miss Marquetta, do you want to tell us what that experience was like for you? Did you get to participate in the, the mindful eating exercise? Yes. How was it? Yes, and it was a, I, I did it with a Ritz cracker. Uh-huh. And um, it was interesting. Yep. What did you learn or notice? Oh, well, it was just eating a cracker. I, uh, I didn't notice anything any different than when I usually eat a cracker. Mm-hmm. I just um, paid attention to it more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, friends, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to wrap us up here because you guys have done beautiful work with me. Um, though we as people kind of chase after a million other things, um, we are truly most hungry for God. And I think both fasting and feasting can remind us of what nourishes us. Um, because when we start to overdo it with anything, whether it's, um, I mean, I can take you back to that little book. If you're in one place for too long, if you hang out with only one friend for too long, you may start to quarrel. There are any number of things that we overdo. And when we overdo it, um, we get stuck, right? And so fasting and eating mindfully can be ways to get us unstuck um, when we find ourselves in those positions. Um, So speaking of getting stuck, I want to talk about one more children's book because I'm a teacher and I'm a nerd. Um, So when I get ready to preach, I just like read I'm always reading, um, but I kind of listen with an ear to the spirit and say, are there any of the things that I'm reading that can inform um, what I'm preaching about? And so listening to the spirit, she said, Winnie the Pooh. I said, okay, spirit, I hear you. Um, So I have this little cute book, Pooh Goes Visiting. um, And there's this wonderful moment where Pooh goes over to Rabbit's house and is like, hello, I'm hungry. Like, is there a snack? What are we doing here? And Rabbit's like, okay, cool. I got you some bread. Would you like honey or condensed milk with your bread? And Pooh is like, both. Thank you so much. I'm ready to eat. So Pooh um, has his fill. And then when he tries to leave Rabbit's house, he gets stuck in the front door. Um, And so then Christopher Robin comes and it's like, Pooh, like, I think you're going to have to like skip a meal or two in order to get out of this place where you're stuck. And Pooh is very disappointed because he does not like to skip meal, meals like I do not. Um, and Pooh says, then would you read a sustaining book such as would help and comfort a wedged bear in great tightness? So Christopher Robin comes and reads a sustaining book to Pooh um, in the meantime. And so I just want to call us back to the scriptures and say, um, this reading from Isaiah is an important one because Isaiah is a sustaining book for people um, who were in exile and who were looking to envision a world very different than the one where they found themselves. Um, and oftentimes it is those kind of sustaining texts that help us make it through, whether it's uh, Winnie the Pooh goes visiting or uh, The Color Purple, which I've also been rereading my favorite book. Um, and the book of Isaiah is one of those texts that um, can sustain us when we feel stuck. Um, So I want to just reread a little bit of the text that we heard from Marquise earlier. Um, It says, this is the voice of God speaking, is not the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, 
to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Um, the point of this is, friends, that God cares about our eating and our fasting a lot, but what's most important to God is um, the work of loving justice that we are all called to do to bring about God's kingdom and God's kingdom. And we can't do that work without being energized for it, without an encounter with God that energizes us. Otherwise, we'll burn out. It's not sustainable. We can't do the work of justice if we are running on empty and running on fumes. So uh, these words are kind of a reminder of us that faith is not just about enjoying like a privatized spiritual high where you feel really good about yourself or feel really close to God, but it's about um, being energized to imagine the world. What would the world look like if love were in charge? Um, that's kind of the language I use when I think about God's kingdom. If love were in charge and organizing this earth, what would it look like? And so when we fast and when we eat, whatever we do, we should be doing it with that in mind. Um, so this week, I invite you to skip a meal and see what it might teach you. I invite you to be really present to the preparing and eating of food that you enjoy. Um, and I want you to remember to nourish yourself so that you may be God's loving justice in the world. So with that being said, I'm going to include in our chat um, a link to a change.org petition um, to get justice for Breonna Taylor. Um, she was murdered and still no one has been arrested or charged. Um, it's work that can be exhausting for us to continue to come back to because it can be painful. Um, but as we nourish ourselves together and as we come into this space to share God with one another, not to find God, but to share God, in the words of Shilgafri from The Color Purple, um, we are nourishing each other and nourishing ourselves for the work of loving justice. So um, I offer that to you, these kind of thoughts about how um, we engage in an embodied way, finding nourishment, and that we do it by connecting with God in order to be loving justice in the world, creating the world with love and charge. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust, knowing that the God that created you loves you and empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively. Mm -hmm.